Because you need to understand that half of the people on this planet, 50% of all people alive are females. So that woman you think is so special, that one you really want, she's so special, she ain't special, bro. She ain't special. Get that shit out your head straight away. Yeah, that's the the myth of the one, right? There is no one. And so, because there is no one, there are many ones out there. This is fundamental uh, Roro Tomasi stuff, right? There are many ones, many girls that could satisfy. So just keep that in mind, guys. Because the more special you think she is, the more you're going to fuck up when you're talking to her. She ain't special. She takes a shit in the morning like everyone else. It's a fucking human organism. Who cares? There's girls prettier than her around. Maybe you ain't got their phone numbers, but they exist. So you got to go out and get them. So don't be trying too hard. Now, the reason I get away with such little work is because I put such a high price tag on myself. I am a four-time kickboxing world champion multimillionaire. So even, even any female, no matter how beautiful, knows I'm never going to be the guy hitting her up constantly. I'm not going to be the guy she can call and I'll always answer. I'm not going to be the dude who will give her lifts to work. She knows i got shit going on. So remember what I was saying earlier to you about how I've never struggled with females because I never focused on the females. These other game books and Roosh and all these idiots. This is the woman. Get the woman. Get the woman. Forget the bitch. Forget her. Forget. Right. The point is this. You work on yourself becoming a superior man. Be competitive be the guy that other women uh, want and the guy other men want to be. That's the guy that's successful with girls, right? The best version of yourself. And then you won't have anything to worry about, right? Like, you, when you have a life that's full and you have so much stuff going on, then things will be much, much easier for you. You'll be very authentic in being the kind of guy that women are attracted to, right? And you don't have to work as hard. It's true. It's absolutely true. But where you do have to work hard is on yourself, right? Very, very hard. All the chicks. Worry about yourself. Get yourself straight. And when your own shit's straight, got yourself together, females are an added bonus. That's right. Um, the, the adage I use is women are the cherry and you are the cake. You can have an entire life with no cherry. You'll be fine. Still a delicious cake. Women are the cherry on top. You don't need a cherry on top of your cake. So if she's causing you all these problems, just who cares? You can drop the cherry and you'll still have a great cake. If you focus on her, then you're giving up your whole cake for a cherry. It's ridiculous. It's much easier to focus on yourself and get yourself high level and then start getting females than it is to forget about yourself, spend all your time day game running around the mall, doing a thousand approaches, trying to pick up a real fucking slut who will bang anyone and getting laid. Fuck. Yeah, again, it's, it's, a, it's a good principle, right? The idea that um, it's time better spent working on yourself than approaching girls, right? And then once you're a competitive man, then um, it's, you know, you're going to have a better time of it. Hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios, here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Patreon.com slash the Helios Blog. Just go there and subscribe. Again, it's newly revamped. It's posting, posting weekly content, guys. Patreon.com slash the Helios Blog. Um, 
Also, you could drop me a donation like Tom M here. Show us him. Link is in the description. Let's continue. Fuck that garbage. All the game you've read before is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And you're going to see why it's bullshit in one of the upcoming videos about how to keep hot girls. Especially, you're going to see why it's bullshit. But it's bullshit because if you go up to a thousand girls, you get five phone numbers and one might fuck you. Yeah, I'm sure that's absolutely true. But so? You're going to spend your life instead of becoming rich, instead of becoming strong, instead of becoming smart, you're just going to fucking run around a mall approaching girls, day game. It's bullshit. It's garbage. It's for children. I agree. It's, it's, it is a waste of time. It is an utter waste of time. Uh, that's, that's absolutely correct. Um, you should spend that time making yourself into a strong, powerful man that other men want to be and other women want to be with. No, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, there are many better things to spend your time on than that. I can guarantee you guys. Children. All that shit is for children. I focused on myself. And that's how I've managed to attain the highest quality females. And also not attain, retain. Which is another thing we're going to do in a separate video. Because retaining females is completely different to obtaining females. Right. Um, to keep the girl around, what you need to do is... Okay. It's more complicated. Basically, what you need to do is just meet the girl weekly, right? And have a busy life outside of that. And just keep, um, you know, pressing the right buttons. It's really not such a, it's really not such a hard thing to have multiple friends with benefits. If you're at a certain level of attractiveness, right? Um, and it's also a matter of keeping your boundaries, right? Like, and understanding, like, what kind of girl you're seeing, if she's the kind of girl that will be with anyone, then that's friends with benefits only. Please use protection. If she's the kind of girl that's like, you know, girlfriend material, or whatever, then you need to vet her. You need to make sure that she's not sketchy, doesn't have a sketchy past, doesn't have a high end count, etc. Um, and uh, with regards to like how to actually retain, um, it's just a matter of getting into a routine, right? Like invite the girl to your place, you, you know, you watch something, you have bedroom fun, you have a good time, just talk. And then send her on her way. And on and on and on. You can be like her, you know, uh, escape from the from the real world, effectively. And make sure you get good at bedroom fun, if that's, if that's what your strategy is, right? Um, again, focusing on yourself is really what will retain girls, right? Not being worried about them leaving. And not over-texting and being overly available. Just texting for logistics only. That's basically all there is to it. The hardest part is working on yourself to the point where you're actually attractive and successful as a guy. That's, that's the hardest part. So we're talking about the factors that you cannot control in terms of females. We talked about the timing, how some stores are closed. We talked about how you have to make her like you more than the other guys. And sometimes that's difficult. Let me tell you something. She might be talking to a real G. If she's talking to me, you're going to struggle to make her like you more. That's the truth. I have more tangible assets, more physical, financial, and mental assets. Plus, I know the game. Sometimes you're outclassed. That's how it goes. Sometimes you're just outclassed. That's how it goes. It's another thing you can't really control. But what you can control in those situations is that you don't make her lose respect for you and don't kill your chance for the future by being a little beggy, begging for attention bullshit. That's, ab that's absolutely true. So let's say that you're talking to a girl and she's not giving you the time of day. She's not giving you logistics to meet up. You know, you ask her to meet up, whatever. Um, you don't beg. You don't say please. You don't over text. You just move on to other girls, right? Keep a number and text her three months, three to six months later, 
That's how it works. Like, you can't get every girl. And it's even possible that you can't get every girl at every time. So there's no point in doing that. There's no point in giving up your self-respect to hurt yourself like that. Keep your honor about you. Because if, if, you, if you're going to lose the game, there's two ways to lose it. With honor and without honor. That's right. You're going to lose. As soon as you sense you're going to lose, as soon as you detect this girl, I'm not going to get her, then you can either lose her by begging, hoping for that little tiny chance and losing all your respect, or just thinking, you know what, I'm going to try again in eight months. Fuck this bitch. I'll get someone else. So we all know what the correct decision is. Don't be fucking so desperate for a girl that you just lose all your honor and self-respect. Because then you're never going to get her. Ever. Well, it's not only that you won't get her. You'll never get any girl. Because if you're the kind of guy that would give up his self-respect, um, then it's, it's the equivalent of God and tool women, right? If they give their bedroom fund to anyone, then their bedroom fund is valueless. If you're the kind of guy that gives his money and attention away to any girl for any reason, your attention is valueless. And so you're valueless, right? That's how it goes. Because the people whose attention is valuable are considered more valuable, right? The people who are scarce are considered more valuable. And that's some real dumb shit. So I want you to understand when we start talking about women, there's a whole bunch of factors you cannot control. So when it comes to approaching hot girls, you have to understand this. Some are open for business, some are closed for business. Next, what can you do? Besides the factors that you cannot control, what are the factors you can control? Well, body language is one of them, obviously. Clothes, we've, we've discussed all this. But really, when it comes to approaching females, game as a whole is something I don't like. I don't like the idea of it because it's bullshit. It really is bullshit. I cannot sit here and tell you how to act. Even if I told you to have the exact same mannerisms as me and say the exact same things I would say, they work for me, but they will not work for you. That's right. Every man has to discover his own style, right? What works for him. Um, and that's the beauty of it, right? You discover the style with practice. You have to first become a man who's worthy of respect. And then once you are, then, right? Once you're a man who's worthy of respect, then um, you can discover your style. Anyway, charisma just comes from talking to people, from, from being used to talking to people. Um, and from being valuable, right? People want to be with people who are valuable because they gain value by being with you, right? That's that's the idea. Okay, anyway. Um, here is the uh, article by Rolo Tomasi. Making up for missing out. Back in February, I had an interesting exchange with commenter Tough Love. The conversation focused on his recent singleness due to his wife of 20-something years feeling the call of the alpha and deciding to cheat on him. And then later divorcing him and then taking up it with even even more beta fellow not long after the fling. You can re read the whole exchange here if you like, but what Tough Love describes is a textbook example of the alpha reinterest impulse that defines the development and redevelopment reinsurance phase I outlined in the Preventative Medicine series. Not to rub salt in the wound, but you and your extra story is a cliche now. It's the making up for missing out story. Woman marries early, cashes a chips in before she knows better, lives vicariously through a single girlfriend until, until such a time that the alpha she knew at 20 is the hapless beta she's saddled with at 39. Divorce, media, convinces her to bail out and get with the alpha she's always missed for all that time. She did everything in reverse. Beta comfort and dependability through a party is to be traded for alpha excitement before it's too late. 
I was inspired to sift back through my comments for this conversation because I was also made aware of a new example of both this phase's dynamic and the divorce industry that will inevitably find some very fertile soil to plant itself in. This example comes to us courtesy of Robin Rinaldi, author of The Wild Oats Project. The book and the experiment in, in C-star CKing, such as it was, centers on, you guessed it, a 40-something woman who abandons her marriage for one year to bang the random man she was prevented from sleeping with by being married to a dependable, unexciting beta husband. Granted, the husband didn't want children, and this contention resulted in him getting a vasectomy, his only act of alpha with her as far as I knew. Her childlessness is, of course, her go-to victimization card she hopes would endear feminine sympathy for her taking matters into her own hands for a year. The de rigueur rationalization and appeals to womanly self-discovery are handed out like the M&Ms any RP man will come to expect. But I'm drawing attention to this book because it has the potential to be the next step in the Fifty Shades of Grey evolution of open hypergamy. Get ready for the Wild Oats Project. And not just the book. Get ready for the Wild Oats Project phenomenon. The debates, the think pieces, the imitators, and probably the movie. Get ready for orgasmic meditation and the three rules. Get ready for my C-word, deal solely in truth, t-shirts. On a social scale, it seems like the next uh, deductive step. Blend the justifiable eat-pray-love narrative with the more visceral bedroom funness of Fifty Shades and women will readily consume it. I expect there'll be the same hamster spinnings of Naywalt, and most women respect their marriage vows, but still it won't wash with the overwhelming guilty pleasure popularity that Fifty Shades exposed on a large scale. Writers like Rinaldi and E.L. James have tapped into the AFBB anxiety rooted in women's primal insecurity inherited in doubting their optimization of hypergamy. If appealing to visceral bedroom funds sells products to men, appealing to the inherent you-only-live-once insecurity of feminine hypergamy sells to women. And women being the primary consumers in Western society, sell it does. Commenter JF12 related something to Ballista and posted on this on the blog recently. Ballista asks on his site, Why is divornography, divorce, you know, marketed exclusively to women? Why are there articles in women's magazines and romance novels for women like Eat, Pray, Love that glamorize divorce, but nothing of the sort exists or is marketed to men? Why is there no male divorce, you know what? Uh, spicy content. No stories of men divorcing their obese, aging, harpy wives, liberating themselves from their marriage vows, and ending up happily ever after after banging large, um, you know, 21-year-old lingerie models. Can you imagine the uproar? Can you feel the love yet? Since the start of the bedroom fund revolution, there's been a social undercurrent of excusable, justifiable comeuppance for any gender-related imbalance women have been taught to believe that men are enjoying or benefiting from. Whatever male-specific indignation that would reflect negatively on men becomes a form of empowerment for women. Particularly if that indignation facilitates men's bedroom fund strategy at the expense of women's. Thus, a woman takes a year-long break from a marriage to bed as many men as she cares to indulge, fully expecting to come back to a dutiful beta husband afterwards. And it's cast as an, she's cast as an iconoclastic hero for casting off, uh, you know, bedroom fund repression. Furthermore, it's only a small step to wipe the accountability of her actions off on the horrible man who won't cooperate by doing his duty to fulfill her bedroom fund strategy. There is no more permanent a devotion to a male bedroom fund strategy than to get a vasectomy and thus deny a woman the ultimate culmination of her own. If you ever want to experience just how close to livestock the feminine imperative considers men to be, just try getting a vasectomy before you're married without a wife's explicit and written consent, legally, it's easier to geld horses or neuter dogs. 
it's important to consider how the doubt over past hypogamous choices affects a mature woman. When a woman has passed through her epiphany phase and became a never-married woman into her late 30s, the mindset becomes one of self-justification. This is similar to the Kate Borlick effect, whereby a woman has very little choice but to live with her past intimate decisions and convert necessities into virtues. She embraces a ready-made empowerment narrative wherein she convinces herself that her choices were the bold, unconventional ones she needed in order to quote-unquote grow. Next and most commonly is the woman who consolidated on a man's commitment once she'd become less bedroom-front competitive just prior to 30. I can't be sure, but it's likely that Rinaldi falls into this demo. The schedule more or less plays the same. Redevelopment or reinsurance? The redevelopment phase can either be a time of relational turmoil or one of a woman reconciling her hypergamous balance with the man she's paired with. The security side of this hypergamous balance has been established for long-term satisfaction, and the alpha reinterest begins to chafe at the ubiquitous certainty of that security. Bear in mind that the source of the certainty need not come from a provider male. There are a lot of eventualities to account for. It may come from a never-married woman's capacity to provide it for herself, the financial support levied from a past husband or fathers of her children, government subsidies, family money, or any combination thereof. In any event, while security may still be an important concern, the same security becomes stifling for her as she retrospectively contemplates the excitement she used to enjoy with former, now contextually alpha lovers, or perhaps the man her husband used to be. The soulmate mistake. Vox had an astute observation. Alpha widowhood is a description of an observed behavior, not a cruel invention of the game. Steve has been with me for the past 50 years and Ron for 47. Neither is the man I'm married to, nor have I seen or spoken to either since our love affairs ended in my 20s. All the same, there's no denying they've both messed with my marriage to Ollie, the man who's been by my side for the past 40 years. I found myself thinking about them both as I read recent research that suggested women who played the field before marriage are unhappier with their lot than those who entered matrimony without any partners. Angela Neustadter has often questioned what life would have been like had she married another man. She's often questioned what life would have been like. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important to remember that an alpha widow doesn't even necessarily need to have slept with a man she considered alpha for a past to feel the alpha widow effect. Five minutes of alpha, even worse, five minutes of alpha rejection can mess with the heads of even the most desirable women and continue messing with them even years later. In comparison, if the reports are to be believed, women who divorce beta schlubs after years of marriage pretty much forget them before the ink is dry on the paper. Yeah, that's like... Titanic. Because we're individuals. We're absolutely individuals. For the same reason when you learn to fight, you learn the basics of it. But if I were to say, mimic my movements millimeter for millimeter, I won't get hit and you will get hit because we're different bodies. We're different people. So I can't sit here and say, do this, do this, do this. Anyone who tries to tell you that, what they're doing is, they're trying to oversimplify an extremely complicated situation in an attempt to get paid. Because every single female you approach is going to be different. Every single scenario when you're in is going to be different. Every restaurant you sit in is going to be different. You're different to me. The mood she's in is going to be different. The weather is going to be fucking different. Maybe it's raining. Maybe it's sunny. Everything has a small part to play. So for me to sit here and say, if you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, you're going to get laid, is the kind of bullshit people package up trying to make a complicated situation seem simple to get money. Getting laid is not simple. The only thing you can do if you want to retain, especially in a future video, retain 
as well as obtain hot women, is be yourself. Um, true, you have to be authentic, yeah. Um, but you have to be the best version of yourself. You have to be the version of you that's competitive, attractive, successful. It's No, that's right, that's right, absolutely. You need to be the best version of yourself in order to... It's, that's, that's right. You can't pretend to be someone you're not because women are really good at detecting this BS, right? But you can be a congruent, like, asshole and be fine. Or a congruent nerdy guy who's attractive and be fine. You can be. You just have to be true to who you are and let her mold to that. Absolutely. But you can't be a weak loser who's uncompetitive and expect a girl to stick around. It's not going to happen. You cannot project and act for any considerable that's right exactly period of time that's not possible the only way you can be anything for a considerable period of time is to be yourself so maybe you're a shit person yeah fine maybe but you have to absolutely and utterly be yourself now there are some things which are ironclad beneficial when it comes to getting females you can be yourself and be a confident version of yourself as opposed to a right version of yourself Confidence is always attractive because men were built to lead. Like we said earlier, men were built for combat. So confidence is something you need. Everyone already knows this shit. And confidence doesn't have to be sitting there and bragging. Confidence is little things. When you pick the girl up, where are we going? I know where we're going. Not where do you want to go? She doesn't want to hear that shit. She doesn't want to make decisions. Females don't want to think. They want to be led down a rabbit hole of entertainment. They want to be entertained. They don't want to think. They don't want to sit there and have to think about it. They'll say, yeah, we're going here. Even if you get there and it's shit. Because I don't like it here, so yeah, well, I do. Literally. Exactly. <coughs> if you don't like it here, tough. This is where we're at. You know? Like, yeah, that's, that's right. I like it, so we're staying. Stick to your fucking guns. So confidence is obviously the first thing, but you know that shit already. Just be confident about who you are and what you say. Doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. You haven't got to be an asshole. In fact, a lot of people confuse the two. A lot of people go... Girls like assholes. No, girls like confidence. But nowadays, only assholes have confidence. Right, exactly. If you're the rare select guy who's not an asshole and also supremely confident, you're definitely going to fuck. Yep, you yep, yep. The assholes, the confidence they're attracted to, not the asshole qualities. Right. So yeah, you absolutely have to be yourself. You have to be a confident version of yourself. But we've already talked about this in lesson one. Believe you can do anything. We're about to go on a date with Megan Fox. Are you intimidated? No, because you're the fucking man. Yeah, like, why would you be intimidated by Megan Fox? She's a girl, okay, she's an actress. And? That would be fun to have a conversation, you know, like, to learn something about her. But I know if, if Megan Fox was on a date with me, that she would come out of that date learning something that she's never known before. She would know stuff that she didn't know before she met me because I'm more interesting and more intelligent than her. I know... For a fact, I actually, I think Megan Fox actually has high IQ, so she might actually be quite good conversation. But anyway, let's continue. We're going to go to the Reddit article here. I, male 34, found out my wife cheated on me, and she's 28. We've been together for four years, and I discovered she cheated on me. But I discovered by reading a diary. I know it's messed up to read someone else's diary, but I can't help but think that what she did is worse. Oh, yeah. I already had the suspicion she was into someone else. When I read... It was the confirmation of my fears. I don't know what to do. I've always been loyal to her. I'm so afraid to confront her. I don't know what to say because she discovered that I read a diary. 
But I really don't know what to do. I need advice. Look at me looking for advice on an anonymous account on Reddit. I feel miserable for what I did and what I discovered, and I could really use some advice. Okay. So if you're afraid of having this, well, I'm afraid the reason why this situation happened is because you were afraid of conflict in the first place. She found out that you're afraid of conflict, and so she pushed and pushed and pushed on the boundary till it's her cheating on you. That's the point. Okay, uh, 73 upvotes. Kick to the curb, start again. Someone who cheats on you either doesn't respect you enough to tell you the truth or thinks you're stupid enough to never find out. Both are disgusting, and personally, I refuse to ever even be friends with people who cheat on their spouse. It's one of the most incredible betrayals a person can make, and one that's totally unnecessary. Just divorce or break up. It's always, without fail, indicates a failure in character and ethics that is so severe that the person cannot be trusted. Fundamentally, cheaters make a decision to irrecoverably hurt their partner emotionally for mere physical or emotional pleasure. Thus, uh, then they make that decision again and again. If you can't trust your wife, who can you trust? Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Uh, so here's a guy with eight upvotes. It can either really hurt you now or it can um, unalive you later. I don't mean that in terms of hyperbole. Your marriage was over the second she chose to participate in infidelity, to possibly expose you to diseases, to use the resources gained by your shared partnership money for gas, for food, for dates, and your shared sacrifice in order to trample on the vows you both made. Get a lawyer and cut yourself off from this person for good. Thank the Lord there are no children involved. This is the luckiest thing that could happen to you finding out this early. Best of luck to you. I've been married 12 years of happiness and I wish for you to find the same. Yeah. Eight upvotes. From my experience, does it really matter if you write a diary? You'll get nothing by confronting her. I spent a long time trying to get my ex to give me some kind of emotional closure, admission, and guilt to something. When she finally admitted to anything, it was a year after we separated and meant nothing to me. You know what happened, and she knows what happened. She doesn't know that you know. You don't owe her any explanation because she knows what she's done. Simple as that. Okay, guys? Simple as that. We're going to end the video. If you're new to the channel, like the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. Uh, if you'd like to support me, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the blog. Go there and subscribe. If you'd like to support me, otherwise, you can drop me a donation. Link is in the description. Shout out to Tom M for dropping me a donation. You're awesome. Again, if you've taken the time out of your business to listen to the end of the video, you guys are wonderful. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.